Views expressed during Impact Cafe are those of the panelists and do not represent the views of Franklin Energy or AM Conservation Group. Welcome to Impact Cafe Trend Checks, a podcast from Franklin Energy and AM Conservation Group that's dedicated to discussing all things related to energy innovation and impact in communities across North America. On today's episode, we take a deep dive into workforce education and training, addressing strategies to creating a capable and trained workforce to address decarbonization and grid optimization, and how to best address social equity and inclusion. Join John Shipman, Senior Director, National Training, Business, and Education for Franklin Energy, and special guest, Juan Argueta, Senior Director, Strategic Initiatives and Energy Education Centers for Southern California Edison, while they tackle the employee shortage facing the clean energy industry in part one of our two-part workforce education and training series. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm John Shipman from Franklin Energy, and I am Senior Director of National Training Business and Education, which is really to say that I'm our lead for workforce education and training and professional development initiatives. And I am here today with Mr. Juan Argueta from Southern California Edison. Uh, Juan is the Senior Manager of Strategic Initiatives and the Energy Education Center. Juan's been involved for many years in championing workforce development, training, and education, among many other exciting initiatives at Southern California Edison. Um, During the Impact Cafe today, we're going to be talking about workforce education and training. So welcome, Juan. Thank you. Happy to be here. (laughs) Great. Hey, um, you know, I have to say uh, a little bit selfishly, (laughs) and first and foremost, before we get started... Um, and you may not be aware of this one, but uh, in the past, I have personally benefited from your body of great work. Um, you know, I've been involved here in Southern California as a program contractor for many years before working uh, at Franklin Energy. But um, some of the programs that you've helped to champion at Southern California have really benefited me personally. And so I wanted to say thank you. That's great to hear. Yeah, and I know you don't always get to hear the great success stories, you know, from your body of work. And so I figured it'd be nice to at least let you know that there, you know, there's there's real people at the other end of what you're doing. And it's fantastic because uh, as I think that's a really great benefit of workforce education and training in general, um, beyond the obvious. <laughs> so um, I was thinking maybe today we could start off by talking about this incredible white paper that SCE, uh, another, you know, the, uh, really... Uh, championed, which is called Mind the Gap. And I know you were a huge part of that along with your team. Uh, And it does a really great job of outlining steps uh, that California has to do uh, to reach its uh, uh, 40% greenhouse gas emission reduction targets uh, by 2030. And, um, you know, often California has been a model for the rest of the nation for reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but there are some, there's great work going on all around the country with a lot of different organizations and agencies and a tremendous amount of people. Um, but to what extent maybe can you address how workforce education and training would aid in those steps that were outlined in Mind the App um, uh, by maybe addressing uh, or how it addresses a, the need for a ready and capable clean energy workforce uh, going forward? Absolutely. So as you know, living out here in the West, we are already experiencing the effects of climate change, right? We, we're having wildfires 
like we never had before. We are experiencing drought also. Uh, and just a few weeks ago, we had torrential rains too. So we're, we're feeling the effects of climate change. And so over the last few years at Edison, we have been delivering uh, white papers to the industry, presenting our view of how we can get to a decarbonized future. And uh, Mind the Gap is our latest paper. And uh, it talks about how we are currently not on track to get to our 2045 uh, decarbonization goals. And so the goal is really 2045, uh, having a decarbonized economy. And 2030 is a checkpoint, a very important checkpoint along the way. And what we're seeing is that we're not really reducing GHG emissions at the level that we should be. We have been averaging about 1% per year. And in order to reach our goals in 2030, we need to be reducing uh, GHG emissions by 4.1%. And so we're definitely not on track. And so in that paper, we do have a lot of recommendations from a policy perspective as to what needs to be done in order to reach those targets. So things like incentives for new technologies, uh, making it easier to site clean generation, making it easier for us to build transmission lines. And workforce education is a huge component of this because in order for us to be able to do all the work that needs to be done in terms of uh, building the infrastructure that needs to be built, the generation that needs to be built, uh, it's going to take a lot of uh, workers out there. And, and so that's the, the, the larger efforts, right? And then you have the, the smaller individual efforts where we need to have the public to adopt things like electric vehicles heat pump water heaters, heat pumps for um, space uh, heating and cooling, right? And so that's going to require another chunk of the workforce to be there and to be in large enough numbers to be able to do all the work that needs to be done. And so there is a huge need for uh, a trained workforce out there. I, to give you an example, I read a study from UCLA that uh, says that in order to uh, meet electrification goals in 2045, we're going to need something like 60,000 to 100,000 new workers in the electrification industry. And so that is just humongous, right? And so workforce education is a key part in making sure that we're able to meet our targets. Yeah, no, I agree. And those numbers are staggering, really, when you think about it. But, but you know, and, and what's interesting to me is um, kind of where we find ourselves now in the landscape uh, that we're in. You know, COVID, um, since the COVID pandemic, um, it's, it's really created some interesting um, opportunities around developing workforce education and training uh, in some unique ways. And one of the things that I've seen since we have fewer, uh, many more jobs that we need to fill in the clean energy workspace, and currently we have you know, a lot of people that need to get back to work, I'm looking at how can we create multiple pathways to, to fill that gap, right? So I'm just kind of curious to hear from you, and I, I know that um, you know, Edison has involvement in um, a lot of these different pathways, especially locally in their territory, but I think a lot of people can, can take a page from what their current thinking is on where some of these pathways are. Can you maybe talk a little bit about where you think or you see uh, some of the potential pathways could be to, to fill this, this huge need for the workforce? Sure. You know, I think that it's, it's up to employers like us and, and many of the other employers in the uh, clean energy industry to be very closely aligned with educational institutions. 
and to be able to show the workforce a clear and specific pathway to a job, not just training, but something that ends with a job. To give you an example, uh, we just launched an Edison Line Worker Scholarship. It's about a million dollars, and it's uh, in partnership with uh, LA Los Angeles Trade Technical College. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are taking um, really disadvantaged workers and putting them through a six-month training program where they get a certificate. And at the end, they have the opportunity to come and work at Edison as a groundman. And so that is just one example of uh, something that can be done to show people a clear path to employment. Um, you're familiar with uh, the statewide programs that we have in California between all the utilities, right? Yes. Uh, Pacific Gas and Electric currently is uh, running a um, program called Energize Careers. And in that program, which we support, uh, there will be about a thousand workers from disadvantaged uh, backgrounds that will also be given uh, training, technical training that will expose them to a variety of clean energy careers. And then at the end of that training program, they also will be placed in jobs and they will be tracked for about 12 months. And so we will learn a lot about what makes them successful once they go through the training and get into a job and, and we'll track them, right, to, to follow them and see what makes them successful. And so we'll get a lot of lessons learned that we can apply to continue to do this. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, there is a huge need for workers to come into this uh, industry. And so we need to make sure that we're showing those clear paths to employment. Wow, well, that's that's fantastic info. And, and that's even new information for me, I, you know, being involved with um, some of the programs at Southern California Edison and closely aligned with a lot of the professionals there. I haven't heard about that program, but I'll tell you, I, I really am impressed and really love the um, connection with the uh, LA uh, Technical Trade College, uh, Trade Tech, um, which for people that aren't familiar with Trade Tech, they're part of the, the community college system, actually. And um, so I've always been a huge believer in community colleges as a conduit for um, workforce education and training, um, onboarding and opportunities. And I'll tell you why I think that way, Juan. Um, you know, community colleges are one of those places where um, they're, they're kind of like a central point, you know, kind of a hub in, in a wheel, if you will, where people from all different diverse backgrounds have access to. And, and what's even more interesting is the, the way that the community colleges operate, nationally even, um, in their connections to high schools, their connection to people that are underemployed, unemployed, and people is just a, a general place where people can come to very easily to get and learn uh, new skills and new trades, whether they're simple skills like uh, learning how to, uh, you know, cook or and be a, be a better cook, you know, like culinary uh, programs for folks that are just interested in that kind of thing, all the way to technical programs where people can get certificates. And, you know, you mentioned something really very interesting about the certification, right? Because really we talk about a well-trained and capable workforce. And I think that certification process is really something you guys have keyed in on there at Edison that I really believe in as well. We're working with at Franklin. So I, I've got to ask you this question, though, one, um, because I agree with you. It starts with education. Now, I've seen reports out of uh, various places around the country that says, well, you know, this education maybe needs to start even earlier than community college, maybe even earlier than high school. Maybe this education and people starting to be introduced into, you know, clean energy programs and jobs and careers, if you will, even at the K through 12 level. And are, what are your thoughts about that? 
Absolutely. I think that's really important. And I, you know, the name escapes me right now, but uh, there is a statewide program that is uh, also launching this year that will focus the uh, on, on the younger students. And so it is definitely important. Now for us at the Energy Education Center, we do establish partnerships with high school. So that's where we start. But I think that making the community aware of electrification, the benefits, the opportunities is something that is very important. And so if the parents are aware, they can talk to their kids about this uh, opportunities as well. And so one of the things that we are getting ready to do, we have it in the planning phase, is uh, we're going to develop a mobile education unit. We will be able to then take this uh, mobile education unit to hard to reach communities, to disadvantaged communities, and be able to tell the communities about the advantages of uh, electrifying. And so, again, that is one way that we will be able to reach the community, reach parents, and hopefully that will trickle down to some of the younger students. And so the utilities in partnerships are working directly with uh, the, uh, uh, the school districts at that level, but at Edison, we're supporting it a little bit from a distance. And then hopefully if our plans get approved, we will be able to develop this mobile unit to be able to take it to the communities and be able to reach a much wider audience. And hopefully that will trickle down to the younger students as well. So it's, it's very important uh, to, you know, to bottom line your question, it's very important to be able to reach those younger students uh, uh, so that they can be aware of the benefits of electrification and the potential opportunities uh, in this area. Yeah, I really like that idea of involving families early on because that gets kids excited about it. You know, um, some of our some of our K through twelve programs that we sponsor here um, do just that. You know, the kids are are learning in in school, but then they're bringing home their excitement and they're bringing home the opportunity to engage the parents, which ultimately you know can can also aid in in energy savings, right? And so I think that mobile concept, that that mobile learning lab, if you want to call it that, even. Um, is is really great because you get the opportunity to engage a wide segment of people. And I, I totally agree with you. Traditionally underserved communities have not um, always been, you know, be able to benefit from those kinds of things. And this is something that, you know, one of the things that we always say, and I think that it's important to us here uh, at Franklin, is we believe in meeting students where they are, meeting the, the workforce where they are, right? And so having the ability to take this out to the communities in this with this mobile application i think it's huge i don't know who came up with that idea but um they need a bonus <laughs> that's a fabulous program because one of the questions so, i was going to ask is really who the target audience is for workforce development where do you potentially see some of those other um you know pathways uh, for inclusion absolutely i i think that for the um clean energy movement to really be successful, everybody needs to be brought along, right? We cannot leave anybody behind. And so even from a, you mentioned cost effectiveness uh, earlier, but I'm thinking about it from the cost effectiveness of the communities, right? We cannot burden those communities with uh, very expensive electricity. And so the uh, disadvantaged communities need to be brought along so that they're part of it and that the workers in those areas can also benefit from the jobs that are gonna be created. As I mentioned, the numbers of jobs that are going to be created is, is, is huge. And, you know, one of the things that we learned through COVID was that our on-demand, our um, 
webinar type of training just really took off. And so that made us really think about how making our training easy to access, removing barriers for those uh, students that may not be able to drive to the energy education centers, uh, making it easier for people to access training, even through their phone is something that's very important. And so we're really focusing on how do we make our training easily accessible to people in disadvantaged communities. And I know that, I mean, there's a lot of challenges there, access to computers, access to broadband. And so we're keeping all of those things in mind uh, so that we can uh, make sure that our training is easy to access uh, for members of those communities. And definitely partnering with uh, community-based organizations is very important so that we get the message out there to those communities. And for us to be able to be there, like with the mobile education unit, is very important because they all need to be a part of this uh, clean energy movement. And as a whole, I think that in Edison, we, we, we really understand that. We want to make sure that the workforce that we have internally in the workforce that we develop is really inclusive and really uh, paints a picture of the communities that we serve. And so uh, inclusivity, diversity, equity are all concepts that, that are very, very important to us as we develop uh, a workforce, both for internal needs and for the needs of the industry. Well, yeah, so that's well said, Juan, because we, we, we feel the same way. So for example, um, you know, we have a diversity and inclusion team here at Franklin and, and you guys are walking the walk and you're talking the talk and now you're walking the walk and, and, and we're, 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 we're feeling the same over here. And, and as, you know, even with our workforce development program, you know, we've brought on um, folks to actually um, that we've trained uh, in disadvantages, uh, disadvantaged communities and uh, communities that have been traditionally underserved. So we believe that as well. And I, and I, and you said something really important, and I think it's really critical is that, you know, along those lines of, you know, meeting the potential workforce where they are, especially when we're talking about underserved communities and workforce of, you know, folks that have traditionally been left out of the discussion. Um, I think working with um, um, a diverse a group of employees to kind of showcase and help mentor what's available is super critical because when people see people like them that are in the space and, and succeeding in the space, I think that just validates our efforts and, and, and our message to them that, look, yeah, you can be part of this. And they're not simply sitting back and saying, oh, yeah, sure, you say that. Well, you know, look, I mean, the people that are out there, you know, representing our organizations are people that look like you, they people that, you know, have had similar experiences to you. I think that's really critical. You know, we learned that early on in some of the programs that we've administered, and we think that that's very important. You know, this way, people, people see that you are walking the walk, so to speak. Thank you for joining us for Impact Cafe Trend Checks. Franklin Energy delivers more than 100 energy efficiency and grid optimization programs for utility partners across North America. We work alongside our sister company, AM Conservation Group, who manufactures and supplies more than 300 energy efficiency and water conservation products. We help our energy partners achieve their goals with solutions implemented by more than 1,300 energy experts. Today you joined us for part one of our two-part workforce education and training series. Make sure you tune in to part two next time. And to be sure you're always a part of the conversation, follow Franklin Energy on Twitter and LinkedIn for updates. See you at the next Impact Cafe.